You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Hey, welcome to episode 111. We're 111 here at Flipping Tables Industries. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards. And I'm your other host, David Lyons. And before, wait, that has to be among the nerdiest jokes ever on this show. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) (laughs) It just occurred to me. I'm glad they put that in the movie, too, because I, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of important. So we got some follow-up, and our first bit of follow-up, of course, is the Apple versus FBI, which, when this episode is released, the court date will have happened that day, but obviously, since we recorded in advance, we can't talk about that. But uh, there's been, you know, a steady stream of little tidbits almost every day about this thing. Usually, it's just the the amped-up rhetoric of terrorists versus, no, you're dumb, this is going to destroy society. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we have a you know new like new york times and the guardian and some other places sort of been documenting the sort of backlash against the fbi maybe that's a little strong way to phrase it but there's been a kind of a public outcry of like don't ruin this well i think it's good that there are a wide variety like it's industry people it's private security people and then uh there was the the was it the mother of one of the victims i think was like yeah don't do that don't yeah don't make everyone else less safe for this and then uh one of these things that's in the show notes is uh the former like tech czar of which is such a weird title yeah of the united states was like yeah don't do this it's like, for one, this is dumb. This won't work. And for another thing, just give the phone to the NSA. They'll figure it out. <laughs> so, so I just love that Like, there's this huge smattering of different people who are all in agreement that this is a bad idea. Yeah, and I mean, the NSA is well-positioned not to care about this court precedent because they don't operate trying to prosecute crimes in the u.s so they don't need admissible evidence so they're like whatever we'll have our zero days we'll just have a party (laughs) over here (laughs) yeah and then so the one of the other developments real quick in this case is that the uh, fbi at the last second well the department of justice i guess is also part of this case it's all the executive branch um They last second asked the court, hey, can we, uh, can we use witnesses? We want to have witness testimony. And uh, this is, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the, the legal <laughs> shenanigans here, but one set of reporters is saying this is a sign of weakness in the government's position that they don't think they can just win on their, the merit of their legal arguments. They want to bring in some scary people to say how much they need this and blah, 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 blah. Um, but this also means Apple gets to cross-examine and also bring their own witnesses so they can bring engineers and security experts that are just going to be like, don't. (laughs) But it's kind of a dick move by the government because they're doing this at the very last second. We are days away from this court hearing. And I think in some some courts trying to do this kind of shenanigan at the last second can make a judge really angry with you. Now, I don't know if this judge is kind of bought by the executive branch or you know really really (laughs) sympathetic and so that's not going to happen but we'll see that would be bad but i i I do i'm i'm with the the general public response that it's 
weird at the last minute to be like, well, we've made all of our legal arguments. Now, here's a crying widow to (laughs) really make you, you know, side with us. Like, that just seems very, uh, I don't know, markety. It's it's like, oh, well, we we don't have the facts and we don't uh, have really any kind of evidence that there's something we need. So... Uh, we're going to trot out some, some gloom and doom naysayers and yeah, I don't know. And and the fact that Apple also then gets to bring out witnesses, it just seems like playing Russian roulette with five bullets in there and just being like, no, I'll go first. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So I still don't know how this is going to turn out with our legal system, but I imagine no matter what the result, this will be appealed straight up by whoever loses. Yeah, you always think of that as something that like private citizens or corporations do, but I suppose if this goes in Apple's favor, the FBI can also appeal it just like any other organization or individual would. Yeah, unless they're so sure they're going to lose that they don't want the precedent (laughs) against them. Yeah, to get it like double set in stone, like (laughs) you lost and then appealed and lost. Yeah, I, I agree. Um but that's all the time we'll spend on that. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting links in the show notes, which you can find at sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash one 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 for episode <laughs> 111 first. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so go go read those. And by the time you're hearing this, uh, the court case is that day. So there you go. I have something totally unrelated that I just had to mention because when it happened, I said this is such a bizarre confluence of things happening in my life. Uh, so I was scrolling through Twitter and you know, there's now a promoted tweet, like every three tweets, <laughs> I swear to God there it's like, there's so many. And, uh, there was one from Google that was a video produced by Reddit of Steve Wozniak saying the garage is a myth. <laughs> and I was just like, what are all these things? Like, <laughs> was this like the the you're a wizard, Harry like yeah, level? Exactly. Of- <laughs> yeah, it was just all like I was like, how did you guys all end up on the same side of this discussion that you were able to <laughs> collude in this way? So it, it's I guess Reddit does a series about um, like formative moments in these tech giants, uh, you know, influential tech people in their life called uh, formative moment and or formative and and they for whatever reason i guess they've partnered with google compute engine to do this and so that's how they got together but then it's on twitter and it's steve wozniak and he uh it's like a little seven minute movie i i I threw the link in the show notes um and you know it's it's cool it's but it's it's was being was he's kind (laughs) of just like yeah um no we didn't like hang out in a garage because that's dumb (laughs) and then but i mean he goes on to say you know like you know i wanted to build this and he was at the time he was working at hewlett packard and he was like i'd never and i you know if you followed him before you probably heard some of this stuff but he's like i'd never go behind hewlett packard's back so I, i took my idea for the apple to them uh like six times they told me to get lost and then I guess Steve Jobs was just out like selling before they had like any product <laughs> really. And, and so he just called was at HP, like at his office at Hewlett Packard and was like, Hey, uh, we have like $50,000 in orders. So 
make that thing. You, you want to like, <laughs> you know, like build the thing. <laughs> and so it was like, you know, to try and get out of the idea that it was like, you know, two guys in a garage and there was a eureka moment and it all happened in one afternoon. Like, and you know, I, I appreciate whenever super successful, successful people come out and say like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> Obviously yeah. that's not really how it happened. But, uh, I was just completely blown away by the fact that one, all of these weird people are like pulling in the same direction in this case. And two, that I actually saw a promoted tweet worth like giving a crap about. I was like, I don't even know what to think about my life anymore. So that's all the follow-up slash little tidbits we had uh, for Eleven D One. Let's get into the show. So you have this uh, Instagram news. Um, basically, Instagram has decided they, they love what Twitter is trying to do with their lives and uh, <laughs> what Facebook did a long time ago. And there are... The, the timeline is going to be an algorithm now. So it's not going to be a reverse chronological. It's going to be what they decide you think they think you should see. Yeah, this is, this is all terrible now. So I, there's a, a couple of interesting facets to this. And the, the one I need to mention first is that I heard someone talk about this on another podcast and they said, well, what I normally do when I scroll through Instagram is I go until I get a picture I've seen before and then I know I'm caught up and I stop. I do right? the Which same is, thing. Yeah, I mean, that's generally how you would go through something that's in reverse chronological order because then you get back to the past, present, whatever, and then, <laughs> you, and then you're done. Um, but he immediately countered with, uh, but I don't really care if I miss a lot of that stuff. Because if you follow, like, NASA and, like, some, like, coffee lovers and, like, you know, beautiful mountain vistas. Like if you don't see every single one, I feel like that's a little different than missing like updates from your friends and family and, you know, maybe businesses you follow, like on Twitter, a lot of people use Twitter to connect directly with services, uptime reminders from like SaaS companies and that kind of things. Like you actually want to see every single one of those. So my concern with Instagram is, uh, people probably really won't, mind that this much like it's it's gonna be a little like oh i liked when it was reverse chronological but then they'll just kind of be like eh, if i miss a picture i miss a picture but then that will set the dangerous precedent for other services that have you know pure purity in their feed to be like oh let's screw ours up too <laughs> yeah well and i i don't like the thought that there's going to be some feedback loop where I like one person's photo and now it's like going to be featured every time I open the app. And I'm like, <laughs> I like that photo. It doesn't mean I'm going to like their next one. And uh, I don't necessarily want that much interpretation laid on my behavior. Um, I follow the people I chose to follow. And, you know, some people are boring 90% of the time, but then that one photo shows up that is just right and i don't know that their algorithm's going to show me that photo right and this see this is something i honestly don't know if i've arrived at this conclusion before now but this is why this bothers me about twitter and facebook and now instagram and anybody else who says oh it's a pure feed you see everything oh no wait now we've changed that because then you have this moment where you're like crap you're making you're going to make decisions based on a fragment of the truth and like take my 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 sass example with twitter like say you use 
I don't know, Squarespace. So yeah. Squarespace is your, your website provider and they, let's say they have like a support tweet account that you subscribe to so that if there's an issue, they will tweet it out. Well, if you don't like the things that they tweet and you're not constantly retweeting them, Twitter has no data to support that you want to see everything of theirs because you don't interact with them. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is a person you follow, but you don't engage with their tweets. And it's like, no, I'm just reading them. Yeah. Me, me reading them is my engagement. So are they going to add like an I actually read this button where I can flag <laughs> everything and I'm like, I didn't heart it and I didn't retweet it, but I did read it. Like, Otherwise, I don't know how they can possibly make that kind of of an assumption. And with Instagram, I think exactly what you just said is the same problem. Like you may follow a friend of yours who's like an amateur photographer and 90% of their work is garbage, <laughs> but you want to see everything because man, when they hit it, it's not a home run. It's a grand slam. And you're like, I don't want to miss that grand slam photo, but yeah. I'm willing to see all of the, you know, foul balls. I don't know why I'm going to like a baseball analogy. Here, <laughs> Super but, baseball time. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it, there's no – if you are following someone on any service strictly for the purposes of consuming their content, no social service I've ever seen has a way of recognizing that. Yeah, and like short of like making you double opt-in to no, really, I really want to see this, which is <laughs> which I thought the act of following them in the first place was indicating pretty clearly. Um, I, I do think I read, and I don't know if if it's part of Instagram's official post or not, that it's still going to show you literally every photo. It's just sorting them differently. Right. And maybe that makes it okay. But uh, I, I'm with you. I like to use the, I've seen this before as the indicator. Okay, I went through my stream. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I know, I already know one of our listeners who's very outspoken about not being a completionist is going to, at reply us when the show launches on Tuesday and be like, oh, you're both terrible completionists. <laughs> but I, but why not let us have the choice? Yes. There are so many ways you can follow a million people. And like, I don't know about you, but the more, every time I start to follow too many people on Twitter, like I, I get up over like the 200 mark, I just end up seeing the same crap over and over anyway, because yeah you retweet something and then 70 other people retweet it. And I'm like, there's a thing I already saw. <laughs> like, do I really need an algorithm saying like, Hey, here's this thing. All of your friends are retweeting. And yeah. I'm like, I know they are. I saw them retweet it. Like, uh, I don't know. I, maybe I'm, I'm selling short the super math that they will use to make this really delightful. But Instagram's method of, we're still going to show you everything. And in this, their blog post where they announced this, they at least said, we're going to take our time to do this right and listen to your feedback along the way. You'll see this new experience in the coming months. And I don't really know them as a company, but if <laughs> if they actually follow through on that and a bunch of people say, hey, this sucks, maybe they'll actually change it back. Like, I doubt it. They're owned by Facebook. And Facebook seems pretty happy with the algorithm, but, you know, maybe. Oh, now that I read this blog post again, the, the sentence that says you'll still see all the pictures is kind of indicating that that may not always be the case. They right. said, as we begin, we're focusing on optimizing the order. The post will still be there, just in a different order. Yes. So as they begin, it'll all be there. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> I do. There's some really bizarre formatting in some of these uh, quotes 
or not quotes comments underneath because i guess this is tumblr that powers their blog i've <laughs> tumblr's always been weird to me in that it's like here's a list of people that liked it separated in on a line and maybe some of them actually commented yeah eh, i'm sure it made sense when tumblr was smaller <laughs> but whenever it's a company or a celebrity then you end up with a ton of nonsense and no if you do this it will ruin instagram if you end up doing this anyway please make it optional and don't do this it ruined facebook and uh let's see no 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 uh, no never, no i literally yeah. cannot beg you enough to not do <laughs> yeah. this yeah just more and more of not a lot of uh positive statements a lot of people just liked it which again not really a nuanced <laughs> social signal but all of the people who actually took time to write words did not have positive things to say. <laughs> no, people, not algorithms. I think yeah. what this kind of stuff just reminds me of in your next little Twitter notification topic, we'll play into this too, <laughs> is these services remind you that this is not yours. And yeah. the, their, their decisions they make about their product eventually reflect that, even if they start off being super reflective of user desire so i'll i'll devil's advocate a little bit on that and which is to say when a service is launched so let's say instagram uh certain things are features from the get-go and that brings a certain kind of user in and then from that point on those people who have been there since the beginning (laughs) just decide that this is the one and only one true way this service can ever be And to deviate from that would be to completely ruin the service. And generally speaking, I would say, no, that's not true. Like, it can evolve in ways such that it is eventually unrecognizable. But I still, you know, understand their frustration. That being said, if you launch with a specific value proposition and then you get a whole bunch of people based on that value proposition to make you successful and then you change that value proposition which is exactly what twitter and now kind of instagram are doing that i feel like is is where people have the total logic on their side like they're not just emotionally reacting like their their emotions are supported by sound reasoning like when facebook went algorithmic I don't think at any point Facebook ever said, like, we'll show you everything everyone you've ever friended has ever said. Like, that was not their value proposition. So when they changed that, people were caught off guard. Some people were upset. Some people, I swear, still do not know this is happening. But but Facebook is fair in saying, like, yeah, that's not what we were selling. So deal with it. Facebook's kind of the poster boy of doing whatever they want and weathering whatever (laughs) storm because they're like, whatever, all 7 billion of you will be back. It's yeah, that's true. And every social service wants to be Facebook, right? Whether it's in functionality or at least in success, they just want to be as successful as Facebook. But Twitter, uh, who's you know said a little while ago, like, hey, we're gonna try this algorithmic thing out, guys. Please, the 30 million people who are actually humans who use the service don't go anywhere, okay? Because the other <laughs> 300 million of you are bots and RSS feeds. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they turned that on by default with no notification of any kind, at least for literally everyone I saw take a tweet about it, right? I mean, how many, and I'll I'll find a bunch of them and throw them into the show notes, but I probably saw in a three-hour span six different high-profile blog posts that were like, 
Twitter enabled the algorithmically sorted timeline. Here's how to turn it off. Not, and here's what you need to know, not, and here's what's yeah. changed. Here's <laughs> how you turn it off. Every single one of them was Twitter did a thing. Here's how to stop them from doing their thing to you. Yeah. Anymore, if I see news that Twitter has a new feature, it's not cool. I wonder what they're doing. It's, oh God, what have they done this time? <laughs> And that man, the notifications thing really, really bothers me. The all the like three other people are talking about roses, <laughs> and I'm like, guess where I go to find out what the people I follow are talking about? I go to my timeline. That's where I see it. I don't need you to come out of the timeline and like wake me up in the morning. And go, hey Mike, guess what? So I uh, the timeline is that like. What do you see there? Is that like you follow people and then like things that they post show up there? Sounds like an amazing service. You should totally build something that does that. Man, we need NGO Twitter so bad. I, w- I want it. I don't NGO. I'm, I'm every time someone tells me that's a good idea. I'm like, is NGO the right term? I just want like like open source, publicly funded Wikipedia Twitter. Like, yeah. I don't NGO may or may not be the right term, but you know what I mean. I, I would look at Jimmy <laughs> Wales asking for a handout every six months for a free Twitter that doesn't f- with their timelines. Yeah, it would be nice, right? Yeah. Um, but so here's some other crap that Twitter pulled on me. Uh, I complained on Twitter uh, that I was no longer seeing notifications for anything like uh, I would be working all day and then I would just be like, huh, I wonder what's going on on Twitter while I'm getting my coffee or something. And I would open it up and it'd be like, hey, you have a bunch of replies and so there's some retweets and you got some favorites and stuff. And I'm like, yay, why didn't you tell me about this when they <laughs> happened hours ago? <laughs> like, I'm not that popular on Twitter. I have my notifications turned on to like full blast. So I expect to be notified right away because at replies usually come from people I actually want to engage with. It's not randos harassing me because luckily I am not that famous. Yeah. Um, But I noticed after literally a couple, three, four days of being like, Twitter, what the hell is happening here? If you go and I'll, I'll put a screenshot of this in, in the, into the notes underneath the notification setting, at least on Android, it might look different for you on iOS. It says, Uh, like mentions and then there's a check and then underneath that in tiny little helvetica new light gray text it says (laughs) for you tailored for you oh man that's what i was just talking about the yeah and i was like wait what (laughs) that's not i didn't what so then of course if you press on that not on the checkbox part but on the word part that in no way indicates it leads to other things because it never did before and nothing has seemingly changed um then it says all stuff tailored for you or none or off and i was just like when did what like how did when did you decide to do this why was i not consulted or informed and you know Come on, Twitter, just knock it off. This has definitely changed because I just went through my settings and they're all tailored for you. And that's why I miss things. Yes. Okay. So this is exactly. I didn't know they changed that. Yeah. They at least screwed iOS people the same way they screwed uh, Android people. That's nice, I guess. Uh, 
And so how long have you been feeling like you were missing things? Oh, I felt like I had to go to the web client because there would it would be immediate there. And I didn't really know that that was why. So thank you. <laughs> Live on the air. <laughs> awesome. Live tech support from Flipping Tables. But I mean, this is this is exactly what Facebook did where they just arbitrarily started changing stuff with some of it being public and some of it not. And they do these experiments and they're like, huh, huh, huh. and again, to me, this all boils down to the value proposition. Everyone who uses Twitter uses it because of what Twitter does. So to change those fundamental things is to break Twitter. And that's not to say that the thing they change it into can't be a million times better but we are right in saying we want a thing that does the thing we came here for. Yeah. Like, like I, when I walked into the restaurant, the sign said like steakhouse. And when I sat down, the menu said steaks and I ordered a steak and you showed up with chicken. Like it, <laughs> this may be the best chicken ever, but everything leading up till now was all about steak. So like what, yeah. what changed and why was I not consulted? <laughs> So you'll have to tell me now, because I just found this today, by the way, the, the tailored for you well, thing. Well, I've seen that phrase before, but I've never seen it buried that deep, which you know they do <laughs> that for things they don't want you to change, but can't reliably do, they can't completely remove the option or else it will be an actual riot. Yes. So you bury it three levels deep and now <laughs> no one will change it, but you get a, you get the feature the way you want it. And you'll have to let me know um, if you also see some improvement in your performance because, like I said, I just changed this today, and I'm not uber popular, so you know it's not like I have notifications and stuff flooding in all the time. Oh, look, they also changed it on the the Sunrise Robot account. Thanks, thanks for <laughs> thanks for doing that. It's great, great, you guys. <laughs> as far as I can tell, tailored for you meant I just get way less notifications, which would make sense if I was public figure number one that has six hundred thousand followers, but. I'm not that, so don't do that. I mean, I would even just accept when I open the app, it says something like, hey, we changed this setting from the way it has literally always worked and part of the reason you came here uh, to something different. So if you don't like that, press here to go and look at the, your options. But to just not do that <laughs> just seems so I'm I'm going to have to, I'm going to do a little live uh interaction with the web client here because what i want to know is is this crap only happening on mobile or is this also happening on the web client because you said you were seeing stuff right away maybe i set it properly on the web client and never went to a separate mobile tab ah uh, yeah because yeah on mobile literally anything that happens a like a retweet a mention i get a notification immediately which is what i want right yeah and it looks like I mean, just looking at my personal notifications that they're set up the way I want them. So I don't know if that's because, oh my God, did they actually sync it from the mobile device or because <laughs> they just didn't screw with it yet on the, the web client, right? Because that could be, they've done this kind of thing before where they're like, oh yeah, we, we have different notification settings in different places, but we don't indicate that they're not related. And Twitter's not the only one who's guilty of that. Lots of services do that. Yeah. But, uh Oh, God. All right. Go away, Twitter. I don't want to talk about you anymore. Oh, no. I lied. There is another thing to talk about. <laughs> well, it's funny that we started with Instagram and just ended up, you know, crapping all over Twitter. 
Because you cannot speak positively about Twitter right now. <laughs> they're just, they're not good words to say. Yeah, um, I never see the fail whale anymore. <laughs> good. Yay. <laughs> this multi-billion dollar, or million, multi-hundreds of million dollar company is able to keep their servers standing up. Capital work, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, there is actually one other thing to say, uh, which is, According to this New York Times article, Twitter has officially ruled out for the time being the uh, possibility of longer than 140 character tweets. And the second line in this article is, keep calm and tweet on, Twitter loyalists. The limit is here to stay. Oh, my it's God. Like, but but that's, that's like a secondary reason. Okay, like, huge... Uh- rhetoric sin using the keep calm and x <laughs> meme i'm so everyone's sick of that one yes <laughs> that's true but i just I, I really i'm i'm genuinely confused by this i honestly do not believe that the people who are upset about changes to twitter are anywhere near as upset about the character limit as they <laughs> were about the timeline because the character limit thing, there are smart ways you could do that. Like you could collapse the text beyond 140 characters. It could be like an attachment the way photos are. Right. There are a handful of really obvious good ways, and I'm sure there are tons of non-obvious good ways that the smart engineers... How about it auto-publishes the medium when you do a longer? <laughs> sure. Any Anything. There's already services that do that, and they seem pretty happy. Um, like twit longer and all those things. <laughs> oh, I hate that name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, there, there, are, there are obvious ways to do that well. And like I said, probably lots of not obvious ways that smart people could come up with. But I've never heard a good algorithmically sorted timeline if your objective is the pure reverse chronological. Like, that's a binary thing. It either is that or it is something else. And again, the other thing could be better, but... Yeah, I, but I'm I'm here for steak. <laughs> well, what I think is really bizarre about that article is why the hell would you have this kind of non-announcement? We decide like we decided not to sacrifice goats in our morning meetings. I mean, that's obviously way more absurd. But it's like, <laughs> okay, great, you decided not to do something. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I'm total. I'm gonna go with total, complete, and total PR move. Like, hey, you know how everybody's – and think about the timing. Look at the timing of this. Like, oh, is everybody freaking about algorithmic timelines? Don't worry, guys. We're keeping Twitter, Twitter. 140 <laughs> characters. Just They'll be in a random order, but just like they've always been. All 140 <laughs> characters, but not in the order you wrote them. Just randomly jumbled, algorithmically sorted together. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were rumored. Maybe that's why they they were probably part of floating that story earlier about thinking about changing the limit just to see how it would play in public and then change your minds when it's like oh it's not gonna play well at all (laughs) um but i don't know it just seems like a waste of time to spend cycles telling us what you're not gonna do unless i guess the pr challenge was that bad for them that they needed to set the record straight it's still like is is bad for their momentum it's like your company is you know, spinning in circles, doing tailspins on like not even knowing what to make for your product. And this is one more article of like, ah, we don't know what we're doing. But I think Twitter has, and and every company that gets to this size, like they tend to, well, like Silicon Valley companies, they, they tend to get to a point where they are no longer trying to communicate to you and I and the loyalists 
They're trying to communicate stuff that's valuable to the regular people. And this actually appeared in the print New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) So that means that someone was like eating breakfast before they went to their like cubicle (laughs) and and was like, you know, oh, uh, spouse, uh, before I I head off to work for today, did you notice Twitter is going to stick with 140 characters? Excellent. Capital work, Mr. Dorsey. And then they folded the paper up. I was just going to bring that up. But (laughs) it also means you have to read Mr. Dorsey, which just makes me think of Pride and Prejudice, which was Darcy, (laughs) but close enough. (laughs) Yeah. So I I don't know. This very much seems like you would not communicate with hardcore Twitter people through the New York Times. Yeah. Well, and not every company should be like Apple, but why do you have to have all this stupid nonsense in the public about your features? Like, make the right decision and go with it. Like, we don't have to hear about all the, like, 15 dead-end versions of the iPhone they probably design every year that they decide not to make. Oh, yeah. Well, or, like, if you're Google, then you share a lot of what you're working on because your goal is to attract smart people that find that kind of thing interesting. Like, hey, we try, we're trying to uh, make it so people don't age anymore. Here's all the weird crap we've tried that doesn't work. And then, you know, bizarre scientists are going to be like, <laughs> oh my God, I want to like go work there. But nobody looks at this post from the New York Times about Twitter <laughs> and is like, oh my God, this is such an engineering conundrum. <laughs> yeah. How would, how would we get more characters onto the page? <laughs> well, I just think if I'm, I'm not an investor. I don't have any stock with any company. Like I would look at this and be like, Twitter doesn't know what the hell it's doing. I'm not going to bet on that company. Uh, has the market basically been behaving that way? I think they have. Yeah, that Twitter <laughs> doesn't know what the hell they're doing. This doesn't help, though. This no, whole no. no, it does not. I mean, you can't just be like, hey, we could uh, give everyone a, a free pizza <laughs> if they <laughs> sign up for Twitter. Like All this weird like appealing to the public reaction before you ship something like i just don't think that's the way to do your product yeah and i think you're right that apple apple tends to take it too far and sometimes in being like yeah we've heard you and we don't care (laughs) and this is what we're gonna do like it or not here's a symmetrical remote and you're gonna pick it up upside down every single time tie a rubber band around it i don't care yeah um but i think you can't completely live your development process in public, right? There has to be a point at which well, you, you can't say, just hope for approval every step of the way like, from right. the public. We're like, we don't know what it'll be like. Why don't you figure it out? <laughs> what do you think it should be? <laughs> and well, and the thing that I think makes that backfire, even God, we really are crapping all over Twitter. <laughs> the, the, the thing that makes that backfire even more is. If you throw the the tin can tied to the string out there and you're like, we'll listen to everything spoken into this tin can, and then people line up to say, don't do this, <laughs> and then you do it anyway, and it's like, well, I don't – okay, so yeah. now you're just trying to get PR by acting like you listened to You didn't users. actually want to hear from us, yeah. That yeah, reminds were, me of like – You were either like, hoping no one would say anything or that we would all agree with you and then when we didn't, you just went ahead anyway. It reminds me of like something that that one friend in your group would do or to be like, hey, I want to go date this other person and I want to know what you think of that person. And you're like, oh, they're crazy. Don't date them. <laughs> and then they do it anyway. And you're like, so why did you even ask me? You just 
you wanted to do it. You just yeah. want approval, but you didn't want an honest response. Yeah, that's uh, that's like a, a way as you get out of high school and through college to know like who is starting to become their own person and who still completely needs <laughs> the validation of others for like what they put on their toast in the morning. It's like, Hey, I was thinking about uh, dating your friend. Uh, your friend seems pretty cool. And it's like, Oh, that, that friend. Yeah. I mean, we took a few classes together, but they're actually an ax murderer. Like <laughs> they literally kill everyone they date with an ax. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go for it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what could I have said to change your mind? Apparently nothing. Yeah. So Twitter, how many axe murderers does it have to be before we change your mind? Is that like how many licks for a Tootsie Pop? (laughs) But with more axes. I guess the owl was on a tree, so you can (laughs) chop the tree down and get your damn Tootsie Pop back. Uh, Let's move on. I'm sick of Twitter. (laughs) Everyone is. So apparently uh, this group uh has gotten together behind uh what's his name the guy from from napster uh sean something sean something (laughs) oh my god there's like every name in this article except his sean parker him (laughs) apparently uh he is trying to drop the the. it's just facebook it's just parker (laughs) (laughs) apparently he's trying to start a thing called screening room which is uh, a service you pay money for, and then you get movies in your house the same day they debut in theaters. And this this is actually, people have tried to do similar things to this before. Um, I guess DirecTV tried to do a thing like this for a while, and there's been other little like services. And, and there's individual movies that have tried to do this, but he's trying to make this like a thing, like a standard, you pay for this service. If it's in theaters, you can watch it at home and on on the same day. And uh, he apparently got the backing of Spielberg and J.J. Abrams and Peter Jackson. And like the creators of every great (laughs) summer blockbuster. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they they seem to know what they're doing with movies. So (laughs) it's hard to believe that they if they felt like this was going to cut into ticket revenue, but not be replaced by home revenue, that they wouldn't be okay with that because i mean that would literally be money out of their pockets right yeah and then of course there's always the people who are like oh but the theatrical experience and it's like yeah that person's probably not gonna do this this is not for the person go to the theater that's fine (laughs) yeah they that person's still gonna want to go um what i think is weird is uh it's really freaking expensive yeah (laughs) (laughs) like 50 bucks or something they were saying maybe a month yeah but but the more i thought about it the more i was like wait you got uh you know parent other parent children so let's say two kids right uh 2.5 yeah two point is it 2.5 2.3 children um so you know this this family of people is going to go to the movie theater. So you're already out $50. Like you haven't even talked about babysitter. You haven't even talked about snacks. You haven't even yeah. talked about whether or not it's in three dollars like, if you get snacks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are no question already out $50. So even if you had to pay $50 per movie that you wanted to stream the same day, it would still probably be a financial net gain for the family and 
I, I've got a really nice television. Like I really, <laughs> yeah. I don't care that much about, I like theaters. And on Actually, demand, I, nice. <laughs> yeah. I really like theaters. Like I love the theater experience, but I mean, I have two small kids. If there's a movie I want to see that, that Susan doesn't want to see, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to take time on like a weekend when I'm supposed to be spending time with my family and be like, well, I'm going to go spend three hours in the dark away from you. Bye. <laughs> no, I'm probably not going to do that. But if I could do this on demand at night when I'm, you know, I'm just watching garbage anyway, then I'd be like, yeah, I could see this movie. I would not have been able to go to the theater and see, and I don't have to wait however yeah. long to get it. Um, well, it's always struck me as strange that, you know, current movies are inaccessible to me unless I drive to a particular building and uh, clearly the sticking point is pay through the nose to go sit in a chair and watch it. <laughs> and like if, if movies had not started in theaters and somehow they started as streaming first, could you imagine the reverse business situation of, hey, we're going to build a big room and we're going to say you have to come here to watch the movie. <laughs> Everyone would just be like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah, uh, I can't imagine a world in which people uh, head toward inconvenience for no good reason and at a higher cost. Like, sometimes people move toward inconvenience, but there's usually a reason. Like, uh, like I shave with a safety razor when I do shave, I should say. I wear a beard most of the time. But <laughs> I shave with a safety razor, and they are slower and it, you have to concentrate a little bit more on what you're doing, but they are dirt, dirt cheap, and you get a really good shave. So it's like I'm trading a little bit of extra time for a massive cost savings. Yeah. So th there's still like a clear economic reason I would do that. But to say, you know, if streaming was around first and then to say like, yeah, I'm going to go uh, on someone else's schedule and spend 10 times as much money <laughs> – um, yeah, I don't know. For for better speakers on a bigger screen, like that does not seem like a worthwhile trade. So let's just assume in the short term that this somehow takes off and people spend 50 bucks a month. Um, is there any way this doesn't just get driven down in price over and over as Netflix continues to produce original content as presumably HBO and maybe Hulu won't do badly either? Like Netflix just seems like such a better deal. And if they make enough entire seasons and movies and it just seems like they're ramping up constantly as their own studio basically and i'm going to be like oh that's 10 bucks a month and this is 50 bucks a month yeah netflix is fine yeah well I, so i'm thinking this is designed around cinemaphiles who have you know like a home theater and they're very happy with their setup and they want to be able to eat food and do whatever like while they're they're watching this movie, um, which is fine, but that market I don't think is big enough to sustain a business like this, where I think most of their revenue would probably come from is actually family movies because it's something, you know, there, there's like PG, PG-13 movies that like you would go to with your children, but you're not necessarily really wanting to watch and if you're a parent, like I'm trying to imagine my kids when they're teenagers, if if my daughters were like, oh, we really want to go see this movie and they're not yet old enough to go on their own and I don't want to go see it, 
there's a chance if I had the disposable income that I would just pay the $50, which is less than it would cost for all four of us to go to the theater anyway, and then I don't have to watch it because they're home. <laughs> I can be somewhere else doing something else, you know, or they can have like a bunch of their friends over and they can all watch it together again for only $50, not for $300 if, you know, 10 people want to see it. So there's like a weird middle class America, you know, like suburban America group that I think would actually sustain a business model like this. And then as the cost gets driven down, then it would just become like a service you have. Like we all have Netflix. A lot of people have like Hulu plus or Amazon prime. And then this would just be another thing like, Oh, do you subscribe to the $10 monthly, you know, summer blockbusters streaming service? And yeah. like, yeah, I totally do. Or like, do you sub, I could even imagine this like getting bought by Netflix so then there's Netflix, which is their whole catalog, and then there's like Netflix Pro for twice as much or, or three times as much, which includes same-day release, you know, theatrical same-day release. Yeah, I really hope they don't tier Netflix by content. Like, I'm, I've been okay that they, like, if you want 4K, you got to pay a little more, that's fine. Tier it that way, or you want four simultaneous devices, fine hear that but to say well we're siphoning off part of our catalog into these other sections uh then it just becomes annoying but would it would this count as that because it netflix doesn't get to decide when the the production company releases the thing to be on netflix so or, or makes it available for them to buy it. So if Netflix just said, like, listen, we have to pay this company to get same-day access, so we're charging you so we can pay them. And if you don't want same-day access, then fine. You can just wait six months. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I just worry that Hollywood, the, who probably hates Netflix with every fiber of their being, <laughs> <laughs> for having such a you know dominant position now in streaming, they would probably want to pull all their movies and be like, hey, Netflix, pay us more and put it on your higher tier. And then it's like, uh. Yeah, I mean, you're you're probably right. There's a lot of opportunity for that kind of thing. Uh, Netflix seems to be like pretty good guy Netflix. So hopefully they would do everything they could, right? It's not totally up to them, which is why they're becoming more of a content producer so that they have some leverage. But, uh, you know, they would do everything they could to prevent this from getting... um crappy for customers basically but anyway i just thought this was interesting because this is uh being touted as kind of like a technology story and it's uh, sort of totally not we've already mastered <laughs> sending video over the internet not mastered that's way too generous we're pretty good at sending yeah. video over the internet and the fact that they're like you know oh we're gonna come up with a service that allows us to sell movies the same day and it's like <laughs> okay it's it's always about entrenched business model. I mean, they, they don't want to kill the golden goose of theaters, but they see an opportunity for people that refuse to go to theaters. But in an age of Blu-ray discs and special features and, and Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu Plus, like, hasn't the golden age of theaters been over for a while? Um, not for, like, The Force Awakens. <laughs> okay. I don't know how the, the worst movies do, but... <laughs> Okay, so this makes me wonder, uh, oh man, I wish I knew the right way to describe this. So I'm going to try and do it in the least 
murky roundabout way I can because I, I don't have a good concise way to do it. Uh, whenever there's a large industry like this, I wonder at what point it becomes appropriate for them to accept that their primary role is no longer the only game in town. So God, I'm doing this (laughs) so poorly. So let me explain. Uh, Movie theaters used to be the only place you could go see movies, right? So that's where you went to see movies. And then we got like VHS players and we got laser disc players and DVD players and Blu-ray players and Netflix streaming and all these things. So now there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of movies where people say uh, probably tens of thousands of times a day, like, ah, I could wait till it's on Netflix or like, yeah. I'll just wait till I can buy the Blu-ray. Like, I don't, I don't need to go see it in the theater. Yeah. So I don't want to put anybody out of a job. I'm not trying to ruin like the theater industry, but like there's a lot of freaking theaters in every city. So what if we lived in a world where theaters only existed to show the kinds of movies that benefit from being in a theater? Yeah, IMAX and Christopher Nolan movies. and (laughs) Yeah, like do I really need to see every rom-com on like a a gigantic 30-foot tall screen with surround sound? No, no, I do not. As long as people still want to go on dates to rom-coms, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's not enough. about the big screen. It's about let's go somewhere and do something that's not at home. I don't know. Is, isn't that what the whole Netflix and chill thing is all about? Like, I know. But I was also <laughs> thinking about like theaters as kind of a not always rebellious, but kind of a teenage thing, whether rebellious or not. It's like, let's go to the movies and not be at home because your your stupid parents are there. Yeah, but again, do we still need 20 theaters in town to support that part of the culture? (laughs) No. 20 theaters that all have like 15 plus screens. (laughs) So again, I always feel bad whenever I say this because I really don't want to put anybody out of a job. But, you know, like cable companies, movie companies, music companies, like they can modernize. Theaters... Uh, I don't, you know, when you get to a point where people don't want to use the service you sell anymore, I don't really know what yeah. they would do. Would they just become a teenage hangout, but not actually show movies? <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to work. Uh, I mean, I still love the theater and I hope it doesn't go away, but I agree that we don't need 50 of them. Uh, they don't need to be as ubiquitous as Starbucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wish... I wish I could just say like, oh, here you go, theaters. Here's the thing you're going to do going forward that will keep you as a viable industry, but you're going to be pretty much completely different from the theaters of like the the 1900s, right? And the early 2000s. You are now this different thing. Um, You know, you now show The Force Awakens and you also let kids play video games on a 30-foot tall screen. Well, and I was just thinking because of all the VR hype this year, which I don't, we already have our skepticism, but if that <laughs> as a theater experience becomes better than any screen because it's immersive, um, then why would I want to go pay to see an IMAX screen when the one strapped to my face, once the resolution and quality is, you know, good <laughs> enough, like that's going to be better than any projection screen, theoretically. Yeah, I mean, and then it's a hopefully a short jump after that to just blasting the light directly onto your retinas. Yeah, and that then then we're getting dangerously close to putting knowledge directly into your brain, and that's <laughs> exciting. 
but yeah, oh man, I don't, I feel so bad just being like music industry. You suck. Nobody wants you around anymore. Musicians don't all have to be millionaires to make art. And it's the same thing with theaters. Just like, yeah, movies. Sorry. I have a giant screen in my house with a good enough sound system. And if I want a bigger screen and a better sound system, I can get those things. And particularly with movies, because I'm starting to realize like not everyone can afford to have a big TV. Not everyone can afford to have a nice sound system. And I don't even have a good sound system. I use my crappy TV speakers. But <laughs> but if you can't afford a decent television today in an age of really, really good TVs for a very reasonable yeah, like amount of money. 400 bucks, you can get a, a good... Yeah, so if, if you can't afford that, there's no way you're going to a theater regularly. Right? I mean, right. That, yeah. that's fair. Like, saying people should just watch these things at home, I don't think is is unfairly discriminating against, like, well, what about disenfranchised groups that can't afford nice TVs? And it's like, well, how the hell are they going to theaters? Literally every tablet and phone can also play this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you just hold the tablet or phone close to your face, and then it's like gigantic. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't think there's really an economics argument to be made here. That like, well, theaters make it possible for people to see these films. And it's like, no, it actually makes it impossible for a lot of people. <laughs> it's. I mean, we don't talk about our jobs or former jobs much here, but it's kind of <laughs> like the online versus face-to-face education. It's like, well, what are all the customers you're saying no to because you won't do online? Yeah. Yeah, that is always um oh god. Every you're right, we shouldn't talk about education cuz that'll be like its own entire thing forever and ever. But yes, uh whenever you you make an unnecessary distinction like, "Well, I'm only going to show this movie in theaters and only IMAX theaters and only IMAX 3D theaters." And it's like, "Well, okay, that's fine. Your that's your art, that's your vision, but you have now made it impossible for these other people who want to give you money to give you money. Yeah. And then let's face it, no movie. Well, I don't know. You, you know a lot more about cinema than I do. Has any in, in recent times, has a movie ever gone to theaters and then not been available in some home format, (laughs) something either Blu-ray or DVD or streaming. Like, does that ever happen ever? No. (laughs) Yeah. So no matter how, obnoxious you are about the theater needs to face north because people will feel the magnetic pull of the earth (laughs) and it can only be shown at 3 p.m because 3 p.m is the witching hour for the character that's in the movie and 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 everyone has to have exactly 55 pieces of popcorn because that's the magic number like no matter how obsessive you are about those stupid like I want to control the experience details. Eventually someone is going to buy your movie for $5 in a Walmart bin and they're going to watch <laughs> it on a tube television from the 1980s. While they, do- they're using iMessage and like their kids are screaming. <laughs> exactly. So sorry, artists. Once you put it out there, you just can't control the experience well, that much. As a musician, I already know probably <laughs> half the listens are out of a phone mono speaker. <laughs> so yeah right or so this must kill you like how often walking around denver do you see uh people listening to music with one earbud out (laughs) and it's like are you what are you are you mono mixing everything before you listen to it or are you just cool missing half of everything uh at least most popular music is 
all the important stuff is mixed in the center anyway, so they're not missing much. But yeah, that does kind of kill me. Oh, really? That stuff just comes out mono mixed to begin with? It's not actually mono, but it's like, oh, two guitars playing power chords. One's on the left and one's on the right. So you're still hearing most of it the same. Um, all the vo- like vocals will be in the center. Snare drum, kick drum will be in the center. Like it's 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 not like the Beatles CDs where like the drums are only in the left and the vocals are only in the right. And you better be using a good, you know, speaker system in a room or else it's going to sound horrible. (laughs) I'm sure there are some creative people listening right now who are like, but if I could control the experience, I would make it so that no one could ever enjoy my art wrong again. And it's like, uh, that's usually not how this kind of thing actually works. Yeah. Uh, we, we have this whole crazy, uh, slack and open source software thing, but I'm going to tease that for next week. Hmm. 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 So yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up because we did our, uh, weekly crapping all over Twitter and, uh, yeah, I feel pretty productive right now. All right, let's do it. Thank you so much for listening to Flipping Tables episode 111. Uh, you can find links to all the articles we mentioned in our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 111 or just 111. Uh, we love feedback, so uh, hit us up on Twitter. Me and uh, Lions are both on Twitter. I'm at pseudo Michael, which I've had to spell S U D O Michael. And Alliance, you are? At Lions in Beta. So you can also support us directly. Uh, there's two different ways you can do that. You can do that with uh, leaving us a rating and a review in iTunes. I know, I know, everyone hates iTunes, but uh, anything you do there, uh, leaving a rating or a review, really helps us get some more exposure with people looking for podcasts. So uh, we have links to that if you go to our support page on sunriserobot.net slash support. Uh, that'll take you directly to that page. You can also uh, support us uh, monetarily. We have a Patreon campaign. So if you go to patreon.com slash sunrise robot, uh, you can pledge dollars. And depending on the level you pledge, you might get your name mentioned at the end of Flipping Tables or every show on Sunrise Robot. And with that, I want to give a special thanks to Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, Benji Robinson, Theatrical Release Cunningham, Carolyn Kraut, Cliff Lyons, Ido Abramovich, and Justin Edwards. We love you guys so much. So much. Thank you.